Hello, and welcome to Sobercast, where we provide AA speaker meetings and workshops in podcast format. We're an ad-free podcast, and if you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by visiting Sobercast.com, look for the donate link, and drop a dollar or two into our virtual basket. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Have a great day. This is the most important step anybody will ever do. It is in two parts, and we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, and that our lives had become unmanageable. Now, I took the second part of the first step. It took me six months to come to terms with admitting I was an alcoholic. But I kept coming, and that is the key to becoming sober, is to keep coming through the doors. doesn't matter how much you dislike it, you'd still have to put the footwork in. Nobody hated that word alcoholic more than I did. I could have come in three years prior to coming in. I tried everything to stop drinking. I took the pledge nine times, twice on Good Friday in 1959, and that didn't work, but it was beneficial because I knew I had to look elsewhere. I had tried doctors, but I tried doctors again once after taking the pledge then, and he said to me, you're an alcoholic, would you go to AA? And nobody had ever called me an alcoholic. I knew I drank, and I knew all my faults. And I said, no, I wouldn't. And he said, I've got a friend in AA, would you talk to him? And I said, no. He said, it's not as hard as you think it is. And I said, but I'm not interested. And as I got to the door, he said to me, you will one day. And I turned around and I said, what did you say? He said, I just said, you will one day. And I did one day, six months after that. And uh, the first meeting, everybody was a daily drinker, so I thought I wasn't an alcoholic. I thought you had to drink every day, and I was a bender drinker. So I kept looking at that step, though, the next day, and then the gentleman that took me to my first meeting rang me and asked me to come to a meeting that night. So I went along. And uh, I thought, he was a bender drinker. And I had never heard the word bender drinker before, but I fitted into his category. So I thought, well, I do want to stop drinking, but I won't say ever say I'm an alcoholic. So I went along for six months. And in Brisbane, when I joined AA, we had closed meetings. And uh, the wiser older members, thought if she doesn't speak and get that word out, she will drink. So they asked me if I would speak at this closed meet, at this open meeting that they had once a month. And I always said, after that second meeting I was at, I'd do anything I was asked to do except speak. But they pointed out to me that if I didn't speak, I may not stay sober. So I thought, how can I get that word out? I'm an alcoholic. So I went along to this meeting. I took my husband to the meeting. And that was the first time he'd come to a meeting. And uh, they duly called me. And I said, my name's Doreen. I'm an alcoholic. I don't really mean that. I'm a compulsive social drinker. <laughs> and I meant that with all my heart. Uh, but it didn't help the word alcoholic. 
Not to this day. I still dislike the word. So after that I tried, um, I thought, you know, I've just got to accept it. And I thought, perhaps there are other words that you can use. So I tried dipsomaniac for a while. And I thought, oh, that sounded rather horrible. So eventually I came to believe that I had to say that um, I was an alcoholic. Now, it is the most important step you'll ever take. If you can take step one, you continue on with the rest of the steps. But it's no use doing trying to do step two until you are sure in your own mind that you know what you're talking about and you want what AA has to offer. And it's quite simple, actually. It's This program is as simple as you want it or as hard as you want it. And some people just miss the simplicity of this program. I've never regretted going through that six months, actually, because it gave me time to think about the whole of AA generally and the happiness that I saw in people's faces. Even when they shared, the people that would get up and say, I'm an alcoholic, and I'd think, well, you know, they're getting more out of this program than I am. And I used to think, well, all I want to do is stop drinking. And if that's what AA affords me to do, well, I'm quite happy. But I didn't do the steps, and I don't want anybody to take after me, for seven years. Because people power kept me sober, and the first step. But I reached a stage where after seven years, one night at a quarter to twelve, I said to my husband, I'm going to drink. And he got a terrible shock. And he, I was living in Melbourne at the time and he said to me, ring Father Michael in Sydney. And I did. I was quite obedient then, which I never was. And um, Michael said to me, get on the first plane tomorrow morning and come to Sydney. And my husband came with me and uh, I rang Michael when I got there. He said, ring me as soon as you get there. And I did, and I was a dry drunk. The housekeeper answered the phone, and uh, she said he was out seeing a sick lady. And I thought, how dare he? <laughs> and I said, he told me to ring him as soon as I got off the plane. And she said, well, he's now said for you to ring back at 12.30. And I thought, I'm not waiting until 12.30 to ring him. And had the most dreadful morning, <gasps> drove my husband mad, but I was still sober at 12.30, so I rang him. And he said, if you're still sober at 5 o'clock, I'm saying Mass, if you're in the church, I'll take you to dinner. Well, I was in the church, and I was the only one in the church. It was a Wednesday afternoon, so he couldn't miss me. <laughs> and he said to my husband, come back at half past 10 and pick Doreen up. And uh, when we were walking into the meeting, I said to him, Tell them I'm an observer. He was the first person called to speak and he said, I've got a very dear friend here tonight who'd love to share. And I thought, you can't trust anybody in this fellowship. <laughs> but I got up and I knew, as soon as I started speaking, I knew there had to be more than people power to keep me sober. So we came back to Melbourne and... 
I went through the steps. There weren't any steps meetings in those days. And I went through them individually, very slowly, but I eventually got to the 12th step. And even to this day, people say to me, why do you still go to meetings? And I just say to them, when you get to the 12th step, you'll know why. Because if everybody got to the 12th step and stopped going to meetings, there would be nobody around to continue this wonderful fellowship. And to me, it is the only miracle of the 20th century, Alcoholics Anonymous. I can't think of anything else that uh, has occurred. But you've got to really be sincere and understand we admitted we were powerless over alcohol. That is the key. And most of us know that our lives are unmanageable when we're drinking. But it is a bitter pill, and I do feel for people who felt like I did. And I'm not alone. People still to this day tell me how they hate the word. And, I mean, I'm 49 years sober, and I still hate it. So what hope have you got? (laughs) But it does lessen, I must say that. I mean, it rolls off my tongue now as though I'm saying have a cup of coffee. But it took a long time for me to get to that stage. And I think once you get over the admitting you're an alcoholic and get the word out, you can have a certain peace in your mind that you've never had in your life before. I think it is the most wonderful thing that's ever happened to me. I mean, I had four children under the age of seven when I came in, and that was pretty terrific, pretty terrific while I was drinking too. But I had a very good husband, and uh, he stuck by me, and I had the privilege of looking after him when he died too. I nursed him at home for the last three months of his life, and I always felt good about that. And so much so, I'm a Catholic, he wasn't. But he turned a Catholic on his deathbed to please me. And I thought, you know, isn't that remarkable? The life that I gave him for those years when I was drinking. I mean, I didn't have a long drinking time. I didn't have a drink until I was 23. But I believe I was an alcoholic from my first drink. Uh, I didn't want to go home from that first party. And I looked around at people and I thought, they're not getting out of this alcohol that I am. And, you know, they were all ready to go home. And they would have been what was classed as social drinkers. And I don't think I was a social drinker at any stage. But what saved me was being the vendor drinker. And I suppose that was the hard part of accepting that I was an alcoholic. That I didn't drink every day. I expected people to fall flat on their face every day. And I didn't do that. But... I'm not going to go on any longer because uh, short and sweet is the best as far as I'm concerned. Oh, not ten minutes. You're joking. (laughs) I've never been a long speaker, so (laughs) you get me on the cheap. (laughs) That's much better. (laughs) Two minutes now I'm down to. That's more in my line. I don't know what it is about me. I just hate speaking. It's not because I can't get the word out anymore. I just... I suppose when you've spoken for 49 years, it becomes a bit of a bore, doesn't it? 
but I have to keep going because I'm still an alcoholic. Thank you very much. Yeah, good morning, friends. Uh, my name is Frank. I'm an alcoholic, and I'm I'm sober. Um, I'm sober this morning, and uh, my home group is the Steps and Setting Group, and uh, my sobriety date is the 17th of August, uh, 2004. Um, I guess uh, I start by uh, telling you a little bit about my story. I uh, I was born and I grew up in Germany and uh, I started drinking there when I was about uh, 15, 16 and uh, <coughs> and I drank like my mates uh, or it looked at least as if I was drinking like uh, most of my mates in, in the beginning and uh, but 10 years down the track um, I found myself at the first AA meeting you know and I definitely was uh, was at the right place then. Um, I'm not sober since then. That was, uh, I was 26, um, 17 years ago, 16 years ago. Um, yeah, and what had happened? Um, by the time I was 26, I was uh, daily drinking for pretty much uh, most of those 10 years, and uh, and I found I couldn't stop. You know, I had to drink, um, and I had to drink daily, and... Uh, by the end, I had to drink to stop the shakes and uh, and to be doing uh, what I had to do, you know. And uh, um, I had jobs like uh, driving a taxi, you know, um, weekend night shifts, and uh, that were twelve-hour shifts, you know. And uh, believe me, when you're thirsty, twelve hours are very, very long, you know. And uh, and uh, and uh, yeah, it, it got really, really hard, you know. And my solution then, or my idea of dealing with it, was. Um, and I did that. I, I went to a doctor and I wanted medication, you know. I thought that that would could work, you know. I take medication whenever I uh, I uh, didn't want to drink. Or, or I, I, I would be better off not drinking. And uh, luckily the doctor I spoke to was uh, knew, knew a bit about this, I, I, I suppose. And, uh, and she didn't want to give me... Um, those medications and uh, she said no you, you would just uh, use and abuse those as well and I'm I'm very happy I'm very grateful today that uh, I never was introduced to to, to, to medication because um, that could or would have possibly um, added a whole other chapter to my to my drinking to, to my to my life you know to my story and I might be dead today and uh, anyway and uh, another thing I I probably was, and I say probably because it's not as if I remember it all clear. You know, it's 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 long time ago. It, it's it's a it, it's a big haze. You know, it's I remember bits, and some bits I just imagine that that's how they were. You know, and uh, but I m- must have been honest to quite a degree and desperate to quite a degree um, um, with with that female doctor, and uh, so that she was able to sort of help me. You know, and. and 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 she suggested to do a detox and and i agreed you know and that was a very big step because uh, that meant uh, without knowing about that first step but uh, it was out there then you know i admitted uh, that uh, booze and i uh, wasn't such a good combination you know and and uh, family would know and because i didn't make up a story i told family and friends um um that i was about to go into a hospital for a detox and uh, 
a lot of them were surprised or at least acted surprised. There were mates who said, what do you mean alcoholic? You know, you're not drinking more than, than we do. You know, if you're one, we are one and, and all that sort of stuff, you know, and, and, uh, but see, they didn't know, um, that when we left the pub, I went home to, to a fridge uh, that only had beer in it, you know, no food, and, uh, that I would finish myself off then, you know, and, uh, and all that, all that business. And anyway, um, so there I was. I agreed to go into the detox, and, uh, it was only like, and that, that female doctor, she said to me, look, um, getting off the alcohol under, under supervision is, is, is easy, um, you, you, you'll be in there for five nights and, uh, um, but staying off it will be, will be the, the harder bit, you know, and, uh, so it was, I, I was in the hospital, um, and towards the end, um, there was an AA meeting and I attended that and, uh, I guess it was, it was good, it was interested, interesting, um, um, I got a bit of hope, I believe, um, and again, I say that cause, because I don't really remember much. I don't remember banners. I don't remember people talking about steps. But I do remember people um, getting their lives better again, you know. And and I could sense the honesty in the room. And uh, yeah, I, I I probably did get a bit of hope. And uh, but yeah, I wasn't to stay. See, um, I got out of the hospital. I went to um, one meeting a week. Um, everybody was older. Everybody was male. Um, and uh, I guess I didn't want to be there, you know, it was just bad news, you know. Um, you, although you said it's only a day at a time, you know, I was, I was, I was smart enough or, or I, I had worked it out, you know, a day after a day after a day is a bloody long lifetime, you know. And, and, and I was, I was only 26 and I didn't get, what do you mean, not go to my, they're my friends, you know, they're, st- they're all I have. They're the ones who stood by me the last 10 years or the last 20 years or 26 years or whatever, you know. The soccer I loved, um, I, I I wasn't that good anymore. Um, I was happily going from first to second to third team because it meant less training and more booze, you know, but I still loved all the, you know, like you guys love your footy, we, I, I, that, that's what the soccer was for me and uh, so, bottom line is, I sat in those meetings and I wasn't happy with the diagnosis, I guess, you know, and I wanted out of these doors. And uh, so I guess I found myself listening um, to the differences and uh, and there were there were a few, you know, the people talk about divorces and jail sentences and, and losing custody of kids and none of that had happened to me, you know. And, and uh, of course, you know, um, I think Lillian said last night, one meeting a week makes you weak. <laughs> I never heard that before. So, um, um, yeah, I, uh, I left, you know, I, I didn't stay. I, I thought, uh, of course on, on a meeting a week, the disease got the better of me and, and, and told me, you know, maybe I, I had exaggerated a bit. And, uh, so I went out again, you know, and, uh, but one thing happened, one, one thing changed for me. I never really went back to daily drinking. I, I mean, I would binge drink over, over four or five days, but I always sort of managed to get a few days, um, without the drink in. Um, and, uh, and I guess that's how I caught myself into believing that, uh, my, I had some sort of 
grip of my drinking or that my drinking now resembles something like um, social or controlled drinking or whatever, you know. But um, needless to say that um, alcohol occupied me still 24-7 whether I drank it or not, you know. I was... Uh, when I wasn't drinking, I was planning the next drink and looking forward to it and, and uh, fantasizing about it. And, and, and not only when would I drink next, um, I would have all, also go and plan when would I slow down again to be off it by that and that day to be able to do such and such task. You know, it was just such a nightmare. And thinking back of it, you know, it, was, it wasn't living, it was surviving. It was It was so, so hard work, you know. And, uh, but I did that, um, for 11 long years, you know, for 11 long years, um, I tried to do it my way. I tried to do everything but AA and not even really, really, um, knowing it or being aware of it. Cause when I come to that part of my story or think about that part of my story, I, I would, I would think one should think that every so often I would, um, remember AA or, or, contemplate maybe going back, you know, but no, I had, I had wiped that part of my brain off, I think, you know, such is, uh, the denial, or I guess that's what it is, or the delusion, or whatever, you know, I'm, I'm not too sure on, on the broad definitions, but 11 long years I tried it my way, you know, until, um, coming up, uh, in August, it will be five years ago, I've, I've come to that, to that, um, crossroads or whatever you want to call it again that that point i had been at, at at 26 you know and at 26 my idea was to go to the doctor well now i was 37 5 years ago and uh, i knew that wasn't an option and it, it's it's progressed you know it, it i was 11 years worth you know cuz i and uh, and now it was um now my solution was killing myself you know cuz uh, there was no hope left there was no um i I, I couldn't see why to go on, you know, and uh, so now it was, uh, that was my idea now, and uh, obviously I had second thoughts, and uh, I want to fast forward now, because I, I want to speak a bit about recovery as well, so, um, yeah, then in August 2004, I reached out again, and I remembered there was AA, and I thought, there's a good chance there might be AA in Melbourne, you know, and I I called the operator and they put me on to the central office and uh, it was a Tuesday and uh, and they said there's a meeting and, and the guy on the phone said there's a meeting in Footscray but uh, it's a discussion group and it's a closed meeting and uh, I don't think it's good if you're a newcomer, you know, uh, if you've never been to AA and I want it so bad because I sort of knew, um, I didn't think those words but I think in my gut I knew it was AA or Amen, you know, and I wanted to go to this meeting, so I said, oh, I've been, you know, I've been 11 years ago, and he says, oh, okay, go on then, you know, and I was very welcomed at that meeting, you know, and then the next day I went to another meeting, and pe people who were at that Tuesday meeting were there, and and uh, they remembered my name, and you, you all experienced that, I, I guess, a bit, you know, and, uh, yeah, and, and, uh, and this time things were different for me. This time um, I really got the hope. I I, I immediately, um, pretty much immediately saw people. Well, actually, immediately, immediately, I fell in love with one of the girls at that meeting. You know, uh, so that made me come back. But you know, 
good, you know, good I came back. Doesn't, doesn't matter why, you know. But really immediate, because my, my, um, my coming in here was a relationship breakup, see. Um, the girl I was together with for seven years gave me, had finally had enough. And, uh, that wasn't good news, you know. And, uh, and, uh, funny enough, I told the boys I came with, I had coffee with her yesterday because I'm going overseas and we're friends today, you know. And I wasn't happy five years ago. But today I know it's the best uh, that's ever happened to me, you know. But five years ago, um, I thought all I knew, I wasn't so interested in sobriety program and AA. I think what I wanted was just another girlfriend, you know. And could she please be um, better looking, smarter than, than the one, more money maybe, you know, than the one that that kicked me out. And, and you know, lucky that wasn't to happen and... Uh, and uh, and uh, I was that one one suggested year by myself, you know, and and it's all it's all happened. It had to happen for me, you know. But uh, but what I wanted to say is so so very soon after coming, um, pretty much immediately, um, I I came across actually a lot of people um, who who um, I could see were happy, you know, who had what I wanted, um, who could bring across that they were happy about not drinking, you know, that they were not just white knuckling, and, and that's what I wanted, you know. And uh, for me, I know that uh, a friend of mine in the program, he says uh, that he was cooked when he came into AA, you know, and five years ago I was cooked. I was ready. Um, I think I, I had arrived at that first that um, I had thrown the towel in, and and I was finally teachable, and I wasn't here for an argument anymore. And uh, and uh, and today I know that that is essential, you know, that I have to be in order to be successful with this program. I have to be um, willing. I have to have an open mind, and I have to be honest, you know, foremost to myself, you know, cut out the bullshit, you know, and uh, and. Uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, I was ready for this, you know, I was teachable, and, uh, and I know that's not, that's not, uh, the case for everybody, you know, um, I, I just heard, um, I, it was just pointed out to me recently by somebody that, um, the first half of the book, it's, it's, there's 160 pages on, describe 160 odd pages describing the program, and then about 100 pages are devoted to the recovery bit, and about half of it um, talks about the first, or maybe the first and the second step. So it's not quite as simple, um, apparently, as, as just walking into an AA meeting and, and thinking um, one has taken the first step, you know. And, and, and it says in that book, we have to learn to conceive to our innermost self um, that we can't drink, you know. Um, that are not the exact words, but that's, I think, what it means to say. And it says to learn, you know. So... Um, it, 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 it can be quite a learning process, apparently, you know, and, uh, and, uh, yeah, um, luckily for me, um, um, this book makes sense. I don't need to argue it and, and, uh, I treat it for what it is, you know, a textbook and, and, and that explains me how to live, you know, because I just been to a meeting, um, two days ago where, where a speaker said, you know, me as an alki, um, um, my problem is not the alcohol. You know, my problem is me and, and living. And, and my natural state is um, being being um, irritable, 
discontent. What's the other one? Restless, irritable, restless, and discontent. You know, and I used alcohol to to to, to combat that as the medication, and it worked a while, and then it stopped. You know, we all know that. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. And and uh, and so now the remedy is 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 a spiritual way of living, and and and. And that gives me peace of mind, you know. The, the peace of mind I have today is the opposite to that restlessness and and that discontentment, and, and that, you know. And, and that's uh, that's what I get out of of this program. And and uh, I will close on saying, and that also makes sense to me because I've experienced that. That um, um, this is the step I really have to um, to swallow, you know, 100%. No arguing, you know, no. No little bit of maybe or 99.99, because um, if I do that, I drink again. You know, if 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 I have the slightest doubt, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm different. You know, um, I'll drink. You know, and uh, so this is a step I have to um, have to do a hundred percent. And then, um, yeah, I came, and after about I, I was. Uh, I was going really well in, in, in my first weeks and months, maybe up to six months. And uh, and then I, I came to a bit of a standstill. Um, but by those six months, I had met a lot of people, talked to, to a lot of you, um, learned to talk. And and uh, and, uh, and then somebody said, well, maybe it's time for you to, to look um, at those steps, just going to the very good ID meetings I attended. You know, beautiful. Um, um, but it wasn't enough anymore. And... Uh, and then I knew I needed help with those, with, with those steps, cause, cause that, the other stuff after step two was, was Chinese, you know. I, I, and, and, and all the stuff we will be hearing uh, over the weekend, you know, the, what I called God steps, and I wasn't interested in religion, and I since learned that this is not a religious show, you know, and, uh, and I heard another lovely, uh, thing, some, somebody said, um, you know, if you if you look at the nine step promises, um, um, you know that that they're in this book after after working this program after the nine step, there's there's some promises in there, and and the, he, that that person said to me, they don't talk about the afterlife, you know, they they talk about this life. So this is not a religious show. This is a, this is a spiritual program, and uh, yeah, so I needed help with with all these other steps, and that's when I started. Attending um, the, the the different steps meetings and and they've done me they've done me a lot of good and I still go and uh, and uh, there's a there's a lot of different ones in Melbourne and uh, and that's I guess what the workshops are for you, you get an idea how you know some have the big book out and and do a bit of reading and studying they're very good you know it's it's so beneficial to know this book and and every time I uh, I read it, I, I, I find something new in it, and uh, I've read it a couple of times first, and then I've read it with the help of, of, of this Joe and Charlie tapes, it's a workshop, and uh, um, if, if you don't know what that is, ask pretty much any of us, or a lot of us um, know it, and you find, I don't know how to do it, but they're on the internet. Um, yeah, that's, when I, when I read the book with those tapes, um, well, the, the pennies just drop, 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 you know, and, and in an entertaining way, you know, and in a in a real uh, in a real good way. So I feel blessed um, that uh, basically that uh, yeah, it's a big one to be able to say, you know, I'm I'm comfortable with this book. Um, it makes sense to me, 
and I'm happy to, to follow its suggestions and uh, I uh, I leave it at that and uh, and we need the fellowship you know I, I, I also learned I know and understand that I can't do it by myself it wouldn't work taking that book uh, home with me and just reading it um, um, by myself so um, thanks for being here for me thanks Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Sobercast is ad-free, and we'd like your help in order to keep it that way. So if you'd like to help us be self-supporting by pledging a dollar to a month, visit Sobercast.com and look for the donate links. Thank you very much.